I just want you to understand that if, if the statement is true that politics is downstream of culture, that's not only true of our geopolitical world, it's not only true of our government nationally, it's not only true of our state, county, and even local city government, it's also true of the politics in our schools, the politics in our corporate offices, the politics in our home. Now, you may think to yourself, I'm not political at all. I don't want to have anything to do with politics. I don't even like the fact that you're talking about politics. But really, you need to understand better what it means that politics is downstream of culture. <clears throat> and what does that mean to you as a leader? That's what I want to talk about today on Leading Leaders. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. And there's a whole lot of... Uh, misconception about what politics is. Let me let me simplify it, not even in its own definition, just in its practical application. Politics often looks like jockeying for position of power or leadership. So if you've been in any environment where one person is trying to curry favor, maybe they're trying to bribe or manipulate or cajole or scare people into doing things their way, maybe you've seen political corruption, um, even in a corporate environment or a, a small entrepreneurial business. Some people have dealt with things like, I don't know, nepotism, where someone's not really qualified for the job. They just happen to be related by blood or by marriage to the person who makes the decision who gets the job. And so they get the job without any qualifications, without the skill set, without the temperament even to have the job. But because they're related, they're going to get the job. If you've ever been in an environment like that, where you see this destructive nature within the organization, then you've also seen politics. Again, politics is the same at the, geogra the, the geopolitical world politics, one nation as it relates to another, one country moving to be a superpower and another moving out of the third world status, so to speak, into a second world status with their new industrial ideas or their new economic ideas or their new sociological ideas. And every one of those moves is politics. That's what politics is really all about. Now, what does it mean that politics is downstream of culture? Well, what it means that politics is downstream of culture is if you've ever worked in a work environment where the manipulation of jockeying for position of titles, of authorities, of, well, you can't make me do that, you're not my boss. If that mentality has been commonplace in your workplace, then that mentality is your culture. That mentality that says, I'm gonna do things my own way because there are no consequences, leads to a political opportunity for someone to say, well, if there's no consequences, then I'll do whatever I want to get to the top. I will manipulate people. I will take advantage of certain systems. I will lie, cheat, and steal to get my way to the top to get that better paycheck or the better job title or that corner office because the culture allows it. Politics is downstream of culture. Now, when we look at, we look at our current social standing in the world, where the US ranks in relationship to other nations, there are culture things in the US that have a lot of force behind them. And by that, I mean they have a lot of might. They have a lot of voice. They're getting a lot of media attention. There are a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon of these social change ideas. And the challenge is those are changing the culture locally. 
locally in our school district, locally in some places in a family or in a home, uh, locally in a county government or state government. Just watch the different states as they're moving, uh, I don't know, the, the Roe v. Wade topic. Uh, different in California than it is in New York, than it is in Tennessee, than it is in Florida, than it is Ohio, than it is in Texas. Well, that's what individual rights are about, is that every state should be able to make their own decisions. But the culture of that state, the citizens, their social mores, their own core values will dictate how those votes come down. And so culture is upstream of politics. The ideas that the people hold, the values that the people hold, that's the culture. And the politics is downstream of that. When you realize the importance of that line of demarcation of who really is making the decisions, is it the political leaders who've been elected into office or is it the society, the culture? The squeaky wheel gets the grease. Well, the squeaky wheel does get the grease. The loudest people who get the most media attention, who are always on their social media platforms hurrahing about a certain idea, they're the ones that are going to get the attention. They're the ones that are going to impact culture. They're the ones that are going to change political policy based on their expression of their ideas. And whether you agree with those ideas or not is not relevant. Here's what's relevant. If you're going to lead and you want to see political change, if you're going to lead and you want to see change in your organization, whether you're talking about your family, your company, your school district, or all the way to the top, every one of those changes starts with culture and every one of those culture changes starts with leadership how you impact the people around you is by leading when you lead the culture you'll see the change <clears throat> if you want to see the change politically you've got to lead the change culturally you've got to change the way that people interact with one another in your organization you've got to change the way they demonstrate respect one for another how they demonstrate loyalty to the organization or one to another, how they demonstrate their knowledge base or their understanding or their skill sets necessary to do their job. If you have people who are entitled to their job, but not qualified for their job, they feel like, well, I should have this job because I was here first. I've been here longer. I have the degree, even though I don't know how to apply it to my job. I have the right hair color, the right eye color, the right family history, or I married the right person. If their entitlement allows them to stay in the job, even if they're not qualified for it, you're doing a disservice to your entire organization. That's culture. That will lead to political changes within your organization. If you want to see those things change, you've got to change the culture. And sometimes culture changes by policy. Sometimes culture changes by administrative transition moving one person from a leadership position to another, or just changing out the job title and job descriptions of what's required of that title. It doesn't mean you don't, it doesn't mean you'll lose productivity. Sometimes you gain productivity by taking responsibilities away from someone who may hold the title but can't do the job. You take those responsibilities away and put them in the hands of somebody else. Culture says we're doing what's most productive, we're doing what's most effective, even if it rocks the boat in the expectations of the entitled. That's the job of a leader. A leader's got to be able to recognize whether we're getting the right things done or not. Are we just appeasing the people who work here so that before they scream out, before they become the squeaky wheel getting the grease, before they create more turmoil in our political structure of our organization, uh, we appease them and at the same time increase productivity. 
sometimes there's going to be a sacrifice. Some people are not going to be pleased when you focus on productivity and the longevity of your organization. No, they're, they're going to want to throw a fit. I remember John Maxwell telling a story about <clears throat> an organization as it was moving through its transition. And he said, it was hard for me to realize that sometimes there are people who should not go forward with you. There are people that at some point you just got to let them go. They're not benefiting the organization. They're not benefiting the productivity or the bottom line. They're, they're not contributing at all to the forward movement of the organization. So what do you do with them? Well, you help them find a new opportunity. And hopefully that new opportunity also benefits them in their growth toward the next thing. But if you're determined that they're not growing where they are and they're not benefiting your organization, who is it that you're benefiting by keeping them around? That's a tough question to answer. But if you can't answer that question, that's a culture problem. Because once that settles in with one individual, there will be several who will say, well, if they can get away with doing nothing and keep their job, I want the same treatment. I also want to be treated like I am royalty, even if I am unproductive. I want to be treated like I am royalty, even if I am disruptive. And there are a lot of people who feel like I can be disruptive and get away with it because that's what the culture says. Now you have a political problem because that disruptive culture will destroy your entire organization one little piece at a time like rats on a ship. Yep, it'll bring you down. If you are not involved in local politics outside of your organization, if you're not involved in voting or running for city council or running for school board or running for county office, that's fine. I understand that. Some people don't have the chops for it. Some people feel like that's way outside of my bailiwick. I, I'm not a specialist in anything enough to be involved in politics. I don't want to be involved in politics. I understand that. But let me just tell you, if you're a leader, you're involved in politics because politics is downstream of culture. Whatever culture you're leading and whatever size organization you're in, you are creating, manifesting, and molding the politics of your organization. As it goes in your organization, that culture leading to political transformation, so it will be in your community, so it will be in your county, your state, and your national government. Don't think that the politics in your office stops in your office. People who are political players in your office are also political players in your community. People who are vocal about their rights, their ideas, their ideologies in your office place, they're vocal in their community as well. If the culture outside of your office begins to seep into your office, you're going to see the same political transformations in your office. If you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, go back and look at the changes over the last 10 years in policies regarding, I don't know, pregnancies. I mean, there are companies right now that if your state doesn't allow abortions, they will fly you out of your state into another state at company expense. Do you think culture influences politics, influences your local office? Well, of course it does. And these are ideologies, whether you agree with them or not, there's a reality that culture at large impacts politics at large, which impacts the culture of your workplace, which impacts the politics of your workplace. You cannot escape it, but you can lead it. You cannot escape it, but you can lead it. If politics is downstream of culture, what you need to lead in your organization is culture. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day.
Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith, family, and freedom.